Hi, Carice. Hello, Daniel. How's God been keeping you since we last spoke? <laughs> God's always with me. I'm good. My God. Really? Oh, you know. Can you hook me up? <laughs> His phone number, in short, is like 28. <laughs> you got him on speed dial. <laughs> let's, 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 let's get lyrical. It's a lyrical. I think it's so lyrical. This is lyric. You can lyric try to you. With Carice and Daniel. Daniel. How's he been treating you? God's actually very good to me. I'm I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, Life is great. I'm on this road trip through Europe. um, And uh, I'm in Slovenia now, but I spent two weeks in Italy. And, you know, maybe I don't believe in one monotheistic God. Maybe I believe in the smaller G gods of many of many things in life, especially, you know, being in the, in the Roman empire, uh, uh, territory and, uh, the God of food has been blessing me. The God of wine has been blessing me a little too much. Mm-hmm. The God of, uh, of highways and traffic has been good to me. Um, the God of parking lots is fleecing me a little bit, but, uh, you know, we gotta, you gotta make sacrifices to these gods and, uh, and keep them happy. Mm-hmm. When's the last time you took an extended holiday? <sighs> holiday? <laughs> what is that? One day out of life. Yeah. Um, an extended holiday. Well, I guess you know, a few days in New York was it was a holiday to me. Like that sometimes was, that was that was work though. You were you were there for work, weren't you? Yeah, but I just did, you know, if you're free from your regular life it's just sort of change of scenery that can feel like a holiday you know of course you're a mother right there i forget yeah. this thing these things yeah. parents don't, don't get that. extended holidays you know there's no it's, holiday from that no in fact you know christmas holidays or whatever you call them winter the holiday season uh, <laughs> the uh, the holidays are coming oh my oh, god holidays. someone someone Happy cast holidays. this home, someone cast this woman in a midwestern role the holidays. Oh god, the holidays. But um, yeah, the holidays, of course, are yeah. That's it's the opposite of a holiday. Of course, we only have yeah. kids. Yeah, and I only have one. So let alone people that have you know multiple. But you know, I cannot complain. I have the the, the best kid in the world. So oh, that's yeah. awesome. Well, there's a there's a blessing from God right there. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. And we're a couple of non-believers talking. And welcome to let's get uh let's get lyrical with Carice and Daniel, our new Godcast, I mean podcast. <laughs> all about song lyrics. And this is part two of our episode about God songs, songs with God in the title. I mean, if we broadened it out to songs about God, this would be a hundred hour episode. But yeah, even exactly. now we're we're still omitting a whole bunch of songs, I'm sure, with God in the title. Um, but we've chosen just a bunch. And last time we talked about, what was it? We talked about uh, Beach Boys, God Only Knows. We yep. talked about um, Tupac, Only only God yeah. Can Judge Me. Yep. Uh, the Randy Newman Randy song, Open. God's Song, yep. That's Why I Love Mankind. And oh yeah, actually we talked about, um, we did a couple of songs, several. 
with humans talking back to God or God talking about humans. So there was that one, basically talking about the relationship between God and humans. There was God by Tori Amos, where she's basically like, God needs a woman to take care of him. I, I think he's not doing so well. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was uh, Dear God by XTC, which is basically a, a very strongly worded letter, a complaint to the manager. Yeah. Uh, customer service complaint. Um, and we did, oh yeah, and then we did Hasadiga Ibuai, uh, okay, <laughs> fuck you, fuck you, God, from Book of Mormon. <laughs> so there are a bunch left. So let's get into it. We were actually going to start with God's comic, which is a song we both know and love. Yes. Now I'm dead. Now I'm dead. Now I'm dead. Now I'm dead. And I'm going. So, do you want to read the first verse? Yes. I wish you'd known me when I was alive. I was a funny fella. The crowd would hood and holler for more. I wore a drunk's red nose for applause. Oh, yes, I was a comical priest with a joke for a flock and a hand up your fleas, drooling the <laughs> drink and the lipstick and grease paint down the cardboard front of my dirty dog collar. Wow, that's an amazing opening verse. It's, yeah, perfect. I wish you'd known me when I was alive. What an arresting first line. I mean, it makes yeah. you want to lean in and find out what he's talking about. I was also a to say that about yourself, I was a funny fella. <laughs> I just I was I, a, I was a funny fella. It it, it it captures the the attitude of the song, which is is so forlorn. Like, yeah. please like me, please laugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I've never really looked at these lyrics very closely. So the 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 crowd would hoot and holler for more. I wore a drunk's red nose for applause. I was a comical priest. And then he talks about the cardboard front of my dirty dog collar. He actually would dress up as a priest, a kind of clown priest. And with a joke for the flock and a hand up your fleece. That's a funny um, little play on words, right? Because the flock is sheep and fleece comes from the, sheep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, drooling the drink and the lipstick and grease paint. And little internal rhyme on fleece and grease paint down the cardboard front of my dirt. And then the chorus, now I'm dead, now I'm dead. And I'm going on to meet my reward. I was scared, I was scared. He might have never heard God's comic. So we're hearing from someone who's dead, who's probably just died, because mm -hmm. he's going on to meet his he's reward. He hasn't, he hasn't arrived yet. And he's not sure how he's going to be received. And then the second verse talks about the the reception and i suppose it's god right so there he yeah. was on a waterbed drinking a cola water of a mystery brand <laughs> waterbed but a cola of a mystery brand like anything else i don't know but i've been on coca-cola for most of my life i stopped drinking it like what 15 years ago but anything else in coca-cola is you know i can't even Anyway, doesn't matter. But but what's what's funny about that is that you would hope that with the cola wars, and the religious wars, and the political wars, that when you get to heaven, 
you'd find out which side God is on, but he doesn't reveal it. He just he drinks a, a he drinks a generic no name or mystery brand cola. <laughs> Turns out he doesn't care. He's not a Coke guy. He's not a Pepsi guy. He's not a Republican or a Democrat. Yeah. <laughs> He's an independent. But also, it's not you know, it's not a class either. Like it's just some no. sort of you know anything that tries to copy cola is it's never going to be cola, right? Coke, you mean? Oh, sorry, Coke. Yeah, Coke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, but God, God apparently doesn't need that uh, th- that top brand stuff, the top shelf stuff. No. I bet he drinks. I bet he drinks well drinks. Um, uh, reading an airport nove- novelette, listening to Andrew Lloyd Webber's Requiem. So there's uh, he's kitschy. He he he's into mm-hmm. sort of he's not into the highest culture. He uh, there's something campy about this God or or. Um, at least different than than the different Mister Comic expected. Definitely. Well, yeah, because you'd think he'd be listening to not Andrew Lloyd Webber's Requiem, no. but like Handel's Requiem, yeah, or yeah, yeah. or Bach or Mozart. Who wrote the Requiem? I guess they but a bunch of them. Mozart, well, a few days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you'd expect one of those, but no, it's Andrew yeah. Lloyd Webber. Uh, he said before it had really begun, I prefer the one about my son. So before the comic can even get a joke out, God has a joke of his own. Yeah. I've been waiting through all this unbelievable junk and wondering if I should have just given the world, the word to the, the world to the monkeys. <laughs> but he's also but, immediately has a sense of humor as well. Like He does. He's in fact, he's, it's funnier than the comic, the, probably. The comic arrives all nervous and and penitent and and obsequious, hoping to please God. And God himself is a is a funny fellow. Yeah. All right. Here's here's what some commentator online says: mm-hmm. the narrator who starts the song, there will be another narrator later. Interesting. Is a body drunken comedian whose character is a priest, priest, a kind of Falstaffian servant of the Lord. Whether or not this is a broad critique of the Catholic Church and their sometimes dubious representatives of Christ on earth, uh, we get the picture. A drunken clown priest who, which gives the listener a pretty clear idea of Costello's feelings for the institution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you yeah. didn't grow up in church. Nope. And I didn't grow up a particularly religious person. But yeah, I was just actually at the Vatican uh, a few days ago. Mm-hmm. And I left. I got I got got tickets in advance. I paid good money for my Sistine Chapel tickets. Yeah. And I bought something called the skip the line ticket. Yeah. And I get there and I still have to wait in a fucking line to trade my <laughs> online voucher for a physical ticket. Mm-hmm. And then I get in and I'm thinking, you know, it's January 5th, like the crowds will be gone by now. Oh, but no. It was so full. We were packed in there like sardines. And it turns out you can't go straight to the Sistine Chapel. You have to wander, follow the crowd through 16 different museums linearly oh God, before like you Ikea. get to that room. Like fucking Ikea. <laughs> and wow. I got to the the second one and I was like, screw this. This is not how I want to spend my last afternoon in Rome. Screw you guys. I'm going home. I had also walked five miles already that day. And I just, so I just, I just left. But there was also something about the institution, even just walking up to the Vatican. Yeah. That I was like, I don't like the feeling of this place. Right. Well, 
Yeah. Like, I don't know what goes on in there. And I get that this is really meaningful to a lot of people, but I'm not feeling a lot of God. I'm feeling a lot of human. Other you know? stuff. Yeah, 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 and yeah. Institution yeah, yeah. and power yeah. and yeah. um interesting. So yeah. You left I left the I Vatican. Left. I walked out on God. I walked out on the <laughs> Vatican. I walked out on the Pope, man. <laughs> walked out but of course i also got See there a few ya. days after pope benedict died yeah yeah so that, there might have been extra crowds for that i think so maybe yeah yeah yeah, yeah. anyway well, so this person yeah. says so, the, so the, the narrator now dead is caught in the conundrum of sizing up his chances eternity wise he's hoping god heard of him along the way and appreciated his comic act hoping god got it god sitting in the midst of the worst of the crassness of the world Note Costello's succinct and biting critique of Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> Muses on the wisdom of having let human beings become the high rung of the evolutionary ladder. Um, mm. And he tosses off an aside about his plans to take a little trip down paradise's endless shore where his mind will become so broadened he won't be apt to leave paradise for the like of these mere mortals. It's a lot of ambivalence here. And then the mm. um, final verse, I'm sitting here on the top of the world I hang around in the longest night until each beast has set gone to bed. And then I say, God bless and turn out the light. When you lie in, while you lie in the dark, afraid to breathe and you beg and you promise and you bargain and you plead. Sometimes you confuse me with Santa Claus. It's the big white beard. I suppose I'm going up to the pole where you folks die of cold. I might be gone for a while if you need me. So the narrator has changed from the comic to God. Mm hmm. Interesting. And then this commenter does mention Nietzsche. So because of freedom, oh, really? because nobody believes or because those who do pathetically cajole him to solve the problems they've created for themselves, or if the f turns of fate and circumstance are the things we just can't handle, but he honestly doesn't care, or he never really did anything for humanity in the first place, take your pick. <laughs> and, uh, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh, you have an epiphany. Yeah. There's something very interesting at the end right here. So in the final verse, sorry, in the final chorus. So we notice that he's changed the narrator from the comic to God, right? Mm -hmm. This, this, this poor comedian has arrived in heaven, hoping to meet God. And then we meet God. And in the last chorus, he changes the hook just slightly enough that it means something completely different. So God's talking about himself, right? He says, yeah. I might be gone for a while if you need me. Now I'm dead. Now I'm dead. Now I'm dead. Now I'm dead. And you're all going on to meet your reward. This is God talking now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I'm, God is dead, as Nietzsche said. Yeah. Are you scared? Are you scared? Are you scared? Are you scared? You might have never heard, but God's comic. In other words, the word comic becomes not a noun, but an ad, not an adverb, yeah, yeah, it's an yeah, adjective. Yeah. You might have never heard, but God is comic. He's funny. He's a hoot. You never know what he's going to do next. Wow. So it originally starts of God may never have heard of God's comic, the comic of God. By the end, we're saying, God is saying, you may have never heard, but I'm a pretty funny guy. <laughs> wow which puts a totally different spin on the title of the song. I never would have known that if we hadn't done this today. 
Yeah, and I would have sang something completely different for all those years. But anyway. Yeah, but it explains why as I've listened to the song, it starts off really clear to me. And then as we get towards the end, I'm like, what happened to the comic? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like what happened to the comedian? But here's what happens. It actually, the the point of view shifts over to God himself. And the punchline is, God himself is a cut up. Yeah. <laughs> it's very clever. I mean, I guess looking at God as a practical joker is one way of coping with the catastrophes. But it's not life. as, yeah, it's not as, um, you know, aggressive. No. It's a, it's a different angle. Yeah. You could make him sadistic or you could make him affectionate, but um, either way. It's also funny that, one. but also people yeah, are, are projecting always that he's this, this one guy. Yes. <laughs> and everyone does sort of, I mean, not everyone does, but the stuff that we've been listening to, it's everyone's directing to this one guy. That's right. Right? It's That's never right. a concept. It's always this one guy. Yeah, well, they. I guess it's easier to write a song about a, a personified yeah, being than about a concept. But right, I mean that. But that's again what we've inherited through yeah. our. If we grew up in a different culture, we might not even talk about a capital G God. We would have gods plural. Yep. Yeah. Or we'd be able to handle more abstract ideas about God. Um. We talked about. Tori Amos's sort of feminist take on God. Mm-hmm. Here is uh, somebody that I think Tori Amos owes quite a lot to stylistically. And this yeah. song doesn't look like it has um, God in the title, but in fact, the original title was A Deal with God. Oh, yes, that's right. Apparently, the record company. Uh, the record company, like worldwide, were like internationally, we can't sell that song. It'll it's, it'll be blasphemous. So she changed it to Running Up That Hill. But in America, she insisted on a deal with God in parentheses as part of the title. Yeah, classic, classic song. But it's a song that it's it can be hard to. It's easy to miss the lyrics. Totally, the sound is so enveloping and cool. Yeah. What do you make of this song? I don't know. There's always that sort of uh, the longing, and there's this, there's this pain, and there's but but she's so sort of uh, I don't know how to explain this. It's so hard to talk about. It's just a feeling. Yeah, longing is a really important feeling in the song. I think, but longing for yeah. what? And it's interesting that it's about a deal with God to swap our places. Yeah, I don't, I don't get. I think, she, I, I think she's talking to a man. Let's exchange mm-hmm. the experience. There's something about, I think, the frustration of trying to get close to someone and not being able to understand what it's like for them. I mean, the opening line of the song is, "Do you want to know how it feels?" Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so they can't get come together. There's there is a they can't come together because of that. Yeah. Yeah. And also she they they don't understand each other basically, I guess. They they don't Exactly. So quick interlude here. We're recording this a little while after we recorded the main part of the episode. So this is some post-production. We're doing this in post, right? Isn't that what you guys say in Hollywood? We'll do it in post. Oh yeah. We're doing it in post. Yeah. We'll do it in post. Let's take a lunch and we'll do it in post. Um, (laughs) Because there's a question that I really forgot to ask when we did the Kate Bush song, which is, you know, she's talking about swapping our places Let's exchange the experience. If I only could, I'd make a deal with God. Like that's a big deal, right? That's what, that's her one wish and get him to swap our places. And then she talks about running up that road and running up that hill and running up that building. I don't know what that part means, but the deal with God. um, Now it could be about any two people, right? But of course, where my mind goes and, you know, a lot of people's mind go is it's a man and a woman trying to understand each other. And you and I are a couple of red-blooded heterosexuals here. So what I'm wondering is for you and I'll, I'll share from my, Oh my God, there's a cat in heat outside. Um, <laughs> it's that time of year for New York city cats. Uh, um, <laughs> I exchange the experience with that cat. Uh, no, like what aspects of a man's experience are the most mysterious to you? Or what aspects of a, of your experience as a woman do you think are the least understandable, the most opaque and um, just kind of mystifying to men that you've been with that you wish that you could possibly say what Kate Bush said there, which is if I only could, I make a deal with God, get him to swap our places so you'd know how it feels. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I don't know if this is an answer to your question, but <clears throat> and of course, this is so generic, you know, generic. Is that, is that what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say? Um, yeah. Because if I say, you know, men do this or women do that, it's just. Cliche. <laughs> it's yeah, I get that. General. It's yeah. a generalization I mean, for sure. But I guess, you know, if, if I would have to generalize, I, I guess I would want to be able to, and now I'm going to say this really tricky word, compartmentalize. Well done. Compart- compartmentalize um, life better. But, you know, I don't know if this is me being sort of a hypersensitive person, but uh, I guess I don't know if <laughs> every woman will agree with me, but. No, this woman. I'm, ta- like- I'm, talking to, I'm talking to one woman right now. You. Yeah, I feel like I feel like. I'm raised, whether it was, you know, not. I'm sure it wasn't a conscious decision of my parents, but I think being born a girl, I've become a, I'm a people's pleaser mm. from birth. Mm-hmm. I'm a pleaser. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we try to, I always think, it's probably me. It's probably my fault. Oh, as long as they're not angry with me. Um, you know, of course, part part of that is then uh, extended and be- has become bigger because of my, 
you know, my experience in childhood, but um, the, 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 I feel like, and this is not, I don't want to sort of be a man hazer, but <laughs> I feel like Whoa, men are sort of- comes. Watch out, boy, she'll hate your guts. Whoa, here she comes. She's a man hater. -hater. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I mean, I feel like, and this is, okay, this is cutting it really short, you know. This is not very, you know, subtle, but I feel like every man is born a narcissist, whether they want or or not. And you can sort of be helped to become sort of a nice pathetic narcissist but the world is turns around you guys right and and that's how i that i that's how i feel it so i think i you know in in terms of just just to define that you mean like an entitled uh being who walks around expecting to get what they want and not able to uh i'm asking for a friend uh not able to necessarily (laughs) relate to or understand the experience of people who aren't them and people who use other people to get what they want well and maybe but that sounds so mean i I think it's also very um un not subconscious i think no one no man is thinking that they're doing that they're just being selfish it's just something that you know uh well you know every children go through a healthy narcissistic phase it's just that some of us get stuck in it yes and i'm not saying that women cannot be narcissists obviously yeah but i just feel like men just take space so easily yeah literally and figuratively yeah you know if i uh, maybe i've mentioned this before but (laughs) i had a I was walking with a friend the other day and, you know, on a small path in the forest and guess who's walking in the gutter and who's walking in the middle of the path. And this is my friend. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and he doesn't know. He doesn't, he doesn't, he, he doesn't even notice it. Mm-hmm. So. And do you think he would respond well to you saying, Hey, wait a minute. I noticed that I'm automatically walking in the ditch here can we share this path is it big enough for the two of us well and th- this is where my introverted people pleaserness comes in mm-hmm. I- i'll shut i'll stay quiet i'll just be like oh it's probably me why am i why do i need this space anyway it's fine oh, <laughs> i mean it's, this might this sounds very dramatic but 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 in a way and of course this says something about me too that i'm a, i'm also just a fucking coward you know why not bring that up well, I mean, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna gabor mate you here. That's fine. If if you think you're a coward, it's fine. <laughs> you know, that's a, that is a pretty what would, harsh. What would Gabor say? Uh, he would say, uh, you know, that's a very punitive self judgment that you would never hold against anyone else. You have a double standard. Where did you learn to blame yourself like that in childhood? That's shame. It's a coping mechanism to you know making yourself small made sense in your childhood. The question is, what's the cost to you now? And, you know, what would it take to break out of that pattern? And then if I was taking a walk, a mental chiropractic walk with you, we would look for a different perspective. Anyway, but that's, that's Mate Corp. That's not what we're doing here on this podcast. Uh, You know, but either way, you notice that self-suppression, if you want to call it cowardice, fine. Passivity, fear, um, you know, because you're yes, not a, because you're not, I, yeah. 
because I think, and, and I'm sorry to go back deep again, because I've seen in my childhood, I'm talking my mother with her then uh, partner, who is not no longer her partner. She, my my mother is a very very strong woman, mm-hmm. but not but mentally very strong. You know, it's not and, and it's not maybe not the most extroverted person. She doesn't take up much space. Um, but I also feel like she attracts then men who find that attractive, that sort of power, but then they it also scares the shit out of them, so they have to make it smaller. And in order to be able to have this com- this relationship with this man, my mom conf- conformed to that. So right. yeah, she she shrunk herself. So so let me bring it back to my original question and to your original answer. What would <laughs> Sorry, you yes. what would you want men to understand about the experience of being a woman who lives in a world where shrinking and and diminishing herself is just part of the daily survival regimen and then how do you tie that to what you said about compartmentalizing is that something you see men Um, doing yes but i'm i'm uh first your your first question i i I guess it's mostly about the awareness of Mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. because a lot of people are not even aware Mm -hmm. and you know change or whether they can really understand or but but i think they can understand and, and and I think they we can you know men are yeah. not stupid yeah I think Look, I, it's mostly about the awareness of it yes and 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 at least the awareness that I ha- that I'll never understand that's the thing for me that helps me when I'm at my best around women there's a kind of humility that I try to remember and it's often not there because it's not bred in me by society at all that narcissism, that sort of, you know, like Homer Simpson once said, I'm a white male aged 18 to 35. I can do anything I want. Uh, But, you know, I remember in the nineties going to Ani DeFranco concerts and being surrounded by women really for the first time and women who were in a space where they felt free to fully let loose their grief, their rage, their joy in a way that wasn't trying to compete with men and wasn't trying to appeal to men because Ani had that. She was, she was, she had the key to that. She gave people permission with her songs that were so candid. And so, you know, and I realized as I was at those concerts and at the same time I was taking like courses on radical feminism, reading Andrea Dworkin, realizing I don't know anything about what it takes to walk around in this world as a woman. And Mm -hmm. even just knowing that, just knowing that I have a huge blind spot, instilled in me at least a desire to have humility whether i remember to do that most of the time or not i can always come back to just like there are racial blind spots there's a there's a gender sexual blind spot as well i i just can't imagine what it's like and so you know also and just respect too because women are carrying stresses i can't imagine like chronic stresses just by virtue of so yeah like i would like to swap places but not for very long like big boy said from outcast like do we really (laughs) does he really want to train places you know um i think i would want to go back to my male advantages quite frankly but it would be helpful to to try places enough to 
to, to let it really sink in. Uh, as far as what I would want, I think I would want men to be able to, and many women can see this, I think, but to know the experience of having a sensitive heart and wanting to connect and having all this conditioning about what men are supposed to be like and also having all these clashing cultural messages about how men should be. And of course, women go through their own version of this too, and it's brutal. Um, but like wanting to be both a good guy and a sexy guy and, you know, like trying to figure out what women want <laughs> and just to experience, mm -hmm. to experience the stupidity <laughs> of being a man uh, mixed with the sweetness underneath for many of us that doesn't show because we're acting stuff out. Um, and I guess based on what you're saying, I would also want women to have a taste of what it is to just take up space as a matter of course. And, uh, and then, you know, bring that back into their, their lives. But I mean, look, we're dealing with different circumstances. We're dealing with, you can only be as free as your environment lets you. So. Mm -hmm. it's tricky but i have but there have been times in relationships where i re like a woman is accusing me of narcissism or self-absorption or being mean or heartless or cruel and i just want to say i wish you could get inside here and know how that's not the inner experience i don't know how i'm seeming to you and i don't know why i'm seeming that way and i'm not doing it on purpose but there is a good heart in here who's confused and scared and hurt too and i don't have the language to get it across to you and i wish you could just experience just yeah mm -hmm. the, the the goodness which when when you're hurt when someone's hurting your feelings or when you're feeling threatened you can't see the good in the other person so i have had times yeah. where, where i've i wished i could get that across to somebody and if i could make a deal with god and swap our places then, you know, when we swapped back, I'd be like, you see, you see, I am a good guy. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I think, yeah, maybe to, to bring it around to the Kate Bush thing. I think if we could each understand how we are capable of hurting the other and the fears that the other has based on real experience, um, that would be a deal worth making with God. Yeah. But, you know, the thing is also, yes, swap places. It doesn't really mean that they will get it. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. Hey, folks, Daniel here. So there's actually more to that sequence, but we had to cut it for time for the regular episode. If you want to hear the whole thing, I think there's like five minutes more or something, you can go to patreon.com slash let's get lyrical. Uh, there's also another bonus clip of us watching a video of Big Boy one half of Outcast talking about why Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush is one of his favorite songs. And Carice just had a giggle fest uh, watching this uh, this rapper uh, just geek out uh, about Kate Bush, who he says is one of his two top artists of all time. Uh, and then we had a little conversation about reaction videos in general. So that's all available to our Patreon subscribers in a full video version. 
And again, you can access that at the $5 a month level by going to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash let's get lyrical. Anyway, to segue to the next section, uh, I had just mentioned uh, Metallica reaction videos. So that's where we go next. Yeah. Well, speaking of Metallica, here's a song we've got in the title by them. And I think this song uh, tells an interesting story. Just as a background, um, James Hetfield's parents were Christian scientists. Uh, Christian scientists. Okay. Yeah. And like some Christian scientists, maybe it was about his parents. Maybe it's about other people in other religious sects. But, you know, there are some hardcore people who don't believe in medicine who who put, you know, they put their faith in God to heal things. Mm-hmm. You know, so I feel like this song is some, it's, it's about that in some sort of way. Um, but again, I've never really thought about the lyrics too deeply. So. told by song facts this song is about how people seem to rely too much on religion to help with their problems when james hetfield's mother had cancer she didn't take medication because she believed faith would heal her sometime Mm. later she died it's so not my taste of music so i've always sort of put it away like it's just for me it's just sort of screaming it's Mm -hmm. so sort of but but then, you know, when you actually see the lyrics, I also feel a bit bad because I'm like, it's not just, it's not just screaming words. I mean, there's an oh, actual no. story there that I just, the way he's, he's transporting it to me is not my thing, but he's actually, he is bringing something across. It's just not for my ears, but it's, it's too easy to just, to just, you know, put it aside like that. That's the so, thing about musical musical styles. They can uh, they can become a barrier to to hearing something that's really there. Now, I don't even think this is one of Metallica's better songs. I could play you songs about addiction and about war that would break mm-hmm. your heart by them and blow your mind. And I think mm-hmm. that you might even be able to enjoy musically. I find this song a little monotonous. It doesn't have yeah. much of a the riff itself is kind of it's a very plodding. Um, rhythm and there's not a lot going melodically or harmonically but you know a song like master of puppets or one these are songs that are i think and this you see videos of people discovering them from all kinds of backgrounds and having their minds blown so this song here what i like about it is um there's a balance between contempt and pity and compassion Mm -hmm. And personal pain. I can feel that in the lyric. He's accusing her, you know, pride that you pride you took, pride you'd feel, pride that you felt when you'd kneel. And there's is a kind of sneering at the stupidity and gullibility of the blind mm. follower. At the same time, the chorus is uh is, you know, I see faith in your eyes, I hear faith in your cries. Broken is the promise, betrayal. The healing hand held back by the deepened nail. Follow the God that failed. There's a there's a sadness underneath the aggression. And when yeah, Metallica yeah, yeah. is at their when Metallica is at their best, I think Hetfield's vulnerability comes through the 
the focused rage of the music and mm-hmm. the sadness mm-hmm. of watching somebody you love um in a sense well from his point of view destroy herself or yeah i mean it must or, be so painful and frustrating to watch that yeah you know if you're not if you're not on the same path yeah i mean and that's an extreme case i i think many of us have had cases where we see people being tied to behaviors or belief systems that are hurting them yeah and you can't you can't you can't uh I mean, when someone's addicted, it's like they're worshiping that God. Yeah, exactly. It's sort of a similar thing. It it it, it is similar. It just doesn't cloak itself in a religious garb. Yeah. Yeah. And but in a I way, of course, that- for the mother, you know, it's I cannot understand that it is helpful for for a while or for you know for your life to just think this is what it's supposed to be. This someone else is in charge here and I just will surrender to that. Yeah. So there's also something sort of simple about it. And you Especially, just, you don't, yeah. yeah. If you've lived a life where you haven't had much agency. Yeah. And where the comfort you've had has, and, and you've had a lot of bad things happen to you. And the only comfort you've known has come from surrendering over to this higher Authority, but of course, I mean, I think we like to pick on religious people because, from the secular point of view, they seem so superstitious and so obviously mm. mis. I'm talking about fundamentalist people, mm-hmm. but you know, the Western medical system also demands submissive authority from people, just not to God, mm-hmm. but doctors and scientists and specialists and hospitals. Yeah, and that can be just as tragic when people are. Yeah not advocating for themselves. Oh, oh my mankind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is a kind. Actually, Metallica has a song called Man Unkind. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> on their latest album. So this is a Bob Dylan song called With God on Our Side. It's from his third album, I think, The Times They Are a Changing, but really his second mm-hmm. album of original songs. Um, still in his folk period, his you know what people thought of as his protest song period. Although he always shook off that label, he never liked it very much. And um, this is a this is a live version of him singing. Ah, the history books tell it, they tell it so well. The cavalry's charge, the Indians fell. The cavalry's charge, the Indians died. Ah, the country was young, with God on its side. So it's it's one of these folk songs that is just, it's called a strophic um, song form, which is just one verse form over another, which ends with the same line every time. There's no chorus, there's no bridge. It's mm-hmm. just verse after verse after verse after verse that all ends with God on our side or God's on your side or some version of that, mm-hmm. which means we get used to it. And it's like, how is he going to set it up and connect to that idea each different time? And so the song starts 
just personally. Oh, my name, it ain't nothing. My age, it means less. The country I come from is called the Midwest. I was taught and brought up there, the laws to abide, and that the land that I live in has God on its side. So he's starting out talking about cultural conditioning. This is what, you know, I was taught a really nice version of history. Mm -hmm. Second verse. Oh, the history books tell it. They tell it so well. The cavalry's charged. The Indians fell. The cavalry's charged. The Indians died. Oh, the country was young with God on its side. You can feel what he's doing already. It's still mm -hmm. this pleasant sounding melody. And it's this children's storybook yeah. version of a massacre. Yep. And the moral of the story is our country had God on its side. God bless America. Yep. You know what I'm yep. saying? And then from there, he spins it into a bunch of other conflicts. The Spanish-American War had its day. And the Civil War too was soon laid away. You know, easy peasy. Yep. Tidy, like done, no problem. Um, and the names of the heroes I was made to memorize with guns in their hands and God on their side. Yeah, wow. First World War. Oh, the First World War, boys, boys, it's closed out its fate. The reason for fighting, I never got straight, but I learned to accept it, accept it with pride, for you don't count the dead when God's on your side. Yeah, wow. And it's like a seven-minute song, and he's got you now. Like you're in the middle of it. You can't escape. Yep. And it's just going to be one example after another, and the irony is piling up of, and the use of that hook, God on your side. And then the, the next one is – I'll just let you read this one. <laughs> when the Second World War came to an end, we forgave the Germans and we were friends. Though they murdered six million in the ovens they fried, the Germans now too have God on their side. Wow. And this song came out in 1964. So we're talking about less than 20 years after wow. the Second World yeah. War ended. You know? And it sounds like you, you might just take, it's not, that's not just a dig at the Nazis, that verse. Mm. It's a dig at like one minute, you know, two countries want to destroy each other. And now yeah. that the, you know, now that we're in charge, <laughs> we yeah. forgave the Germans and we were friends. Now the Germans now too have God on their side. Yeah. Like know? we, they're on our team. Because we're the ones with God on yeah. ours. Yeah, exactly. The, the, yeah, one, yeah. the ones, the ones who massacred the Indians. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the use of, I mean, again, the power of choosing your rhymes carefully, all these innocent rhymes for side means that he gets to use in the ovens they fried here. Yeah, yeah. And what an impact that has at this point, yeah. you know? If, if that had been the first verse, you'd turn off the song. Yeah. That's what I mean yeah. by he's got you. And then you want to yeah, read the yeah. next one? I've learned to hate Russians all through my whole life. If another war starts, it's them we must fight. To hate them and fear them, to run into hides and accept it all bravely with God on my side. Yeah, wow. But now we got weapons of the chemical dust. If fire them, we're forced to, then fire them, we must. One push of the button and a shot the worldwide, and you never ask questions when God's on your side. Yeah. Wow, you never ask questions, yeah. I mean, you that's... Never ask questions. Yeah. That's so on point. 
Wow. And then what is it? What, what happens well, what's, then? What, 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 just to talk about these two verses, one yeah. thing I noticed is Russians are the enemy again in the West. We're, we're, mm-hmm. we're learning to hate Russians. You turn on CNN or MSNBC for the last six years, ever since Trump yeah. got elected, never mind Ukraine. Russia's coming to get us. Russia's killing our democracy. Russia's fomenting racism in the United States. Yeah. Russia, Russia's like we 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 never get enough of having someone to blame, and God is on our side. Yeah, you know, um, to say I'm not saying anything about the the niceness of the Russian regime, but mm-hmm. the fact that we can always go back to them as a scapegoat and a boogeyman. It's yeah. incredible in, in 2022, yeah. it's in 2023. Uh, but now we got weapons of the chemical dust. Yeah. yeah and, and what I love about this verse is there's six lines that make it so clear that we should be asking questions. Like it, it now it's not just some war off somewhere else. We could all die with a push of the button. Yeah. And you never ask questions when God's on your side. Not even when not asking questions is going to get the planet destroyed. Ah. And that's the power, the evil power of the idea of God when it's, when it's used, when it's weaponized to separate people from themselves, their souls, their self-preservation, their love for each other, their confidence yeah. in asking questions. It's, yeah. God is all powerful. I'm not talking about God, the deity. I'm talking about God, the word. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also, of course, he's... Sorry? No, go ahead. No, he's also, you know, he's also showing that if you're raised with with that story... Then you'll you'll drag that on for the rest of your lives. You know, it's if if the education starts like that, you know, then good luck. That's right, and exactly because, like we said, he started the song with how he was trained, how he was he was brought up. Yeah, if that's um, the books yes. you read as a child, is that is that's what's in your school? If that's what's being taught to you, that's right. So it's that's also right. a real dig at education, I guess. Yeah, of course it is, and then he and then you'll teach it to others because that's yeah. culture. I was in Venice, Italy yesterday, and I went, visited the torture museum just for fun, you know, mm-hmm. shits, yeah. shits and giggles, the witchcraft and torture museum. I wish there had been more witchcraft in the museum because mm-hmm. they didn't really get into like the. I wanted to know about the religious practices of the witches, but all I but I saw a stake, you know, and a and a cleaver and gallows and all kinds yeah. of stuff. But all of these people who tortured. Not just witches, but heretics, anyone who spoke badly about the church. Just absolute savage barbarity. Mm-hmm. Just just and I mean, I was in a castle where it happened. This museum took place, you know, was actually located in all of the people who perp- who who inflicted these tortures and punishments had God on their side. Mm-hmm. That's why they did it. They totally had yeah. God on their side. Yeah. Through many dark hour, I'm, I've been thinking about this, that Jesus Christ was betrayed by a kiss. But I can't think for you. You'll have to decide whether Judas Iscariot had God on his side. Well, that's a, it's amazing lyrics. They are. It's almost too deep for me to even get my head Grasp. around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if Jesus is God... Did Judas have God on his side when he betrayed Jesus? Mm-hmm. Or did he justify it to himself saying, I have to do this because this is actually the right thing? 
But ultimately, I think, yeah, the song is is pointing to the way we shirk responsibility by pawning it off on God. Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe you want to read the last the last verse, which is as as Bob Dylan does so well, he he ends it with a bit of a. So now a, as I'm leaving, weary <laughs> as hell. <laughs> Wait, um, Kate, so- Kate, 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 Kate Blanchett is here. <laughs> you didn't tell me you invited her. <laughs> we wish. Um, so now Someday. as I'm leaving, I'm weary as hell. The confusion I'm feeling ain't no tongue can tell. The words fill my head and fall to the floor. If God's on our side, he'll stop the next war. Yeah. Sung with the exact same melody, you know? So what I love about that is after like six minutes of these, he's telling himself these things, right? Convinced, yeah. Convinced, but but just kind of repeating it and almost in a kind of daze, you know. It's almost a hymn. You could imagine this melody being sung in a church. Yeah, like a mantra, like a mantra, right? God's on my side. God's on my side. And then, but at the end, he admits, "I'm weary as hell. The confusion I'm feeling ain't no tongue can tell. The confusion of." It's cognitive dissonance, actually. The song is, uh, is about the experience of holding beliefs that just don't hold together. Mm-hmm. The words fill my head and fall to the floor. Like I can't even speak them. They just fall to the, they just tumble out of me. That if God's on our side, he'll stop the next war. <sighs> Exhale. Yeah. That's the, that's the first really truthful, authentic human sentiment in the whole song right yeah and it, it it risks being heretical if god's on our side mm-hmm. he'll stop the next war it risks being blasphemous and of course this song was happening right around the time that lyndon johnson was ramping up the war in vietnam yeah 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 yeah, yeah it's great that he just all of a sudden shows that to whoever is coming along with him in this mantra. Yeah. And it's a bit of a shock. It's a bit of a shock. It's like, it's like, yeah, the two pilgrims walking along the road, you know, fingering their rosaries and saying the prayers. And then one of them kind of turns to the other and it's like, um, do you ever, do you ever wonder if God is really like, do you ever have this? I just have this, I'm really confused, you know. Maybe I just need mm-hmm. to sit down. Maybe I'm dehydrated, but uh, <laughs> I just had this. I just had this thought. Maybe I'll just say it and get it out of my system, you know. That uh, that if God was really on our side, maybe He wouldn't. Uh, he wouldn't send us to like drop uh, exfoliating uh, chemicals on 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 villagers halfway around the world mm-hmm. who never did anything to us. Silence. The other guy. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> Cringe. T- Cringe. TFW, someone <laughs> speaks out against war. <laughs> Don't you hate it when you're just trying to get along and 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 happily be propagandized and someone talks about <laughs> how if God's on our side, he'll stop the next war. <laughs> and then he plays the harmonica. <laughs> All right. Let's end it the way we ended it last time with some musical theater. 
Spoiler alert, I've never seen Legally Blonde, the movie. Ne- neither have I. That's fine. We can we can cut it there. Sorry, but, uh, a song that a song that captures the the excitement of saying "Oh my God" over and over and over again. Which <laughs> oh my God, you guys, it's oh so God, American to me. Like it's just I know everything it's, it's about us. It's just one big sort of Barbie world yeah. engagement rings, prom parties, all that stuff. That's so not in my culture. <laughs> One big godless country of people screaming, oh, my God. (laughs) I mean, I say we say it as well, but we say, oh, my God. We say it like like a terrible Dutch accent. Of course, we use it as well. But oh, my God, you you guys. Do teenage girls say to each other when they're all fluttery and excited about uh, about some guy? Yeah. Yeah, but the yeah the I mean just the whole the engagement rings and the wedding and the and the, the you know the the Disney prince and the um yeah the prom stuff that's just not all that stuff yeah yeah that's for and, me feels so sort of weirdly exotic because well and yeah and and musical theater loves that stuff like musical theater especially since wicked has been for teenage girls in a lot of ways and the people who love teenage girl culture and this song is kind of making fun of it but i'd still like as someone who writes musical theater i can't write this like i can't this is not like i don't really speak this language but i no you're gonna appreciate it you know i i appreciate the the rhymes i appreciate the the craft and, and it's an opening song i think um Maybe it's an opening song, but anyway, there's a lot of storytelling going on in the song. But right. anyway, I just, I just, and also, I don't have there. any context, so I'm just sort of legally blonde. Sounds, I, mean, I have no idea of even what it's about. I can sort of guess, but yeah. But it was a nice, different, different tone to the to I, the subject. I felt, I felt we needed, uh, we needed some bubble gum <laughs> after the mm-hmm. after the the chemical dust of of <laughs> of Bob Dylan. Yeah. Well. So we've covered a lot of God material. Maybe it's time to move on from God. Maybe it's time to put God to bed. Yeah, and let's let's give him a rest. Do something different next week. <laughs> give God a rest. He's <laughs> we put him through his paces. Yeah. Um, well, thanks as always, Carice. Thank you, Daniel. Next time, next time we do this, I'll be back in uh, in New York on the other side of the pond. But it's been fun being on your continent for the past month. <laughs> And everyone else, uh, thank you for listening. If you want to hear even more of this episode, go to patreon.com slash let's get lyrical and become a $5 a month subscriber and you'll get full video versions of every single episode. You'll get extended versions of every episode, like we're talking 20, 30 extra minutes per week. Uh, you'll get exclusive live streams. You'll get unlimited replays of our uh, of all of our live streams, you'll get custom playlists and all kinds of other good stuff. And please subscribe to the show here and on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. If your podcast app gives you an option to rate and review us, we'd super appreciate that. Helps with the algorithm and blues. Um, 
And that's it. And if you had to make one prayer for the coming week for yourself, Carice, what would it be? A prayer. Yeah, let's close this office in prayers, some thoughts and prayers. Ah, I always there's always one thing that sort of comes into my head, like one thing at the time at a time, one thing at a time. Just you know, you know. So like a yeah, just like a, focus on one yeah. thing and then move to just don't do everything to like yeah. All right. Well may Simplicity. God grant you may God grant you the the focus and presence and serenity to focus on one thing at a time. What are you gonna pray pray for? Um jet lag that, that doesn't last more than oh. a day. <laughs> That's a good one. But I think I'm, you can I'm, do that. I can, especially if I if I give my offerings to the gods of electrolytes. <laughs> so yeah. I'll be I'll be I'll be making sure to stay hydrated. Yeah. Thanks, Karis. See you next time. See you next time. Bye, everybody. God Bye. bless you. Please,